The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier eSport betting site. Log on today to bet on all your favorite eSports titles at the simple click of a button. Choose your game, choose your team, earn Unicorns, and who knows, maybe you'll earn enough to enter to win any number of fabulous prizes, such as Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins in their marketplace. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Got all of the negative out of our system. Talked about four teams that really didn't have much to say and really got to, to let our feelings out about Taiwan and Weldon slash TSM in particular. Uh, and now we're here to talk about fun things. These are the quarterfinalists, Walter. Uh, this is, of course, <laughs> Walter Cades Fedchuk, uh, my good friend and co-host, for those of you who weren't there for part one. Say hi to the nice people at home, Walter. Hi, nice people at home. How are you doing? <laughs> I did not realize that this was Robot Walter. Is the regular Walter still on break? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I think uh, I think regular Walter will be back in store when we get to talk about his first <laughs> quarterfinal series. Samsung Galaxy, the Group D winner at 5-1. and one, The proof that the gap with Korea and the rest of the world has not closed versus the last great North American hope, a team that somehow slipped in a banana peel about eight times in that last week and fell backwards into the quarterfinals from Group B. Walter, you know, what are your initial thoughts when you saw this matchup get drawn? Uh... (laughs) Oh, ambition. Ambition's about to have a field day. Oh, yeah. Ambition's about to look like, I don't know, KT Bullets era cacao? I don't know. <laughs> like, you, hey, oh. Hold on. I thought he was still the cacao is the best jungler in the world. Isn't that? Yeah, the greatest jungler. Yeah, greatest jungler <laughs> in the world, cacao. Not struggling to uh, succeed on, like, the 12th best LSPL team. Of course not. No, the cacao that's in my memories. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like when you have a grandparent that, that has, like, Alzheimer's, they get really sick, yeah. and, um, and you remember them as they were? You always, always like, oh, God, I remember when Grandma used to make apple pie. Not, you know, the grandparent that's, like, sitting in the nursing home, struggling to speak, struggling to eat. Like, you remember happier times? Yeah, that's me and Cacao. Like, I'm still stuck in, like, season four Cacao, and he was amazing. And not playing Skarner when Skarner is not good in the World Championship on a terrible IG team. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, you can see just how much we, I actually. We don't talk want. about that IG run last year. I don't know what you're talking about. I have uh, I've gotten uh, that wiped from my memory. Uh, yeah, but man, ambition. Yeah, as if ambition could not have gotten an easier path to his first world championship appearance. Like he's got to go through Cloud Nine, who's got a terrible, terrible jungler, mm-hmm. and then he has to go through either H2K or Albastox Luna. Which I love both of those teams, and when we get to them, it's just going to be a joyful, ex- you know exubulation from me because sure. uh, I get to watch one of them in New York but like they 
couldn't have made it any easier for Samsung. And they're like, all right, uh, other side of the bracket, SKT, Rocks, EDG, Royal. That sounds like that sounds like pretty even. Like that sounds. We'll put those four teams on one side. Like the scale is so tipped against this side of the bracket. It's not even funny. Uh, but yeah, Ambition's gonna have a field day with Medios. I can't wait. I mean, I guess the <laughs> argument for having it go that way is you know China didn't show up last year in the quarterfinals. I know they only had one team instead of two, but. You know, if, if they both look bad, it is a shame that SKT and Rocks are on the same side of the bracket. Yeah. That's, that's the real sad part, but we're, we're not It's awful for those of you not going to New York because, I mean, Chase and I are going to get to see that live, and I can't wait. That's going to be exciting. We're going to yeah. be there for the time yeah. that you know, be SKT the, beats, beats Rocks. It'll be the first time some... we meet in person, which is right? crazy to say, just given that this is our third world we're covering together. Exactly. But, you know... I think the fact that we're stalling this much says a lot about how we feel about this series. I mean, Cloud9, and someone made a point, you know, say what you will about Cloud9, but they were in control of their path to the semis. That is true. And at any given point, they could have taken control of it. And against SKT, they looked bad. Against Flash Wolves, they looked really bad. And against Aimei... There were so many chances they gave Aimei to come back in that game. They just kept keeping that door just a little open and then making it wider and wider and wider. And oh my God, Cloud9, stop going for Barons when there's a 50-50 shot. Please, for the love of God, don't do that anymore. And, you know, I think there were some real flaws exposed on this team. I, I think that for everything that Impact was able to do in North America, he's not quite having the same impact here. See what I did there? See? Yeah, yeah. We um, got our one impact joke out of the way. Yeah, we had, a, we had, you know, every podcast has one. Um, I thought that Medios is obviously the weak link on the team. Uh, Jensen's done great. I think Jensen's, uh, you know, almost single-handedly willed this team to a couple of their victories. I don't R- know why he ever got Syndra. R- uh, really, though? Point. R- really? Did you not watch that game against Faker? Can you not see that Crown is about to clap him? I mean, look, I'm not really? saying that it's not gonna, that it's gonna, you know, continue to work that way for them but i did first of all jensen really should have shut up about faker that was one of the that's a quote that is going to haunt him throughout this tournament because next week it's going to be wow he thought he could take out faker he couldn't even take out crown herd dirt insert meme like that's just that's just how reddit's going to go on this I've, I've seen this story before um at the end of the day you know are, is jensen good enough to beat crown i don't think so not the way they're playing are, are sneaky and smoothie you know smoothie looked better this week i'm gonna give him a little bit of credit smoothie looked better smoothie but... looked better i thought sneak he looked fine adequate I'm, i don't I'm think afraid. that the bot lane's going to be their problem necessarily i don't think I'm, ruler did anything to impress me i'm afraid of smoothie's ability to play range champions well that we already knew that's I, like a gen but that's like a genuine fear especially going up against core jj yeah which I don't think they go to Wraith. I think they stay with Core JJ because they're at, they're playing absolutely better. Oh yeah, but like you just give just him Tom Kench and it's just GG somehow. Yeah, you give it's him incredible. Tom Kench, you give him Zyra. Like, do you have to ban Zyra all all these games? Like, he's played uh, since the NA uh, regional finals. Now we'll go back into the playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. He's played Thresh and Karma. Everything else is Kench, Alistar, Braum, yeah. Trundle. Here's the problem. I don't know what I mean you have to ban Victor, right? Like let's let's look at Cloud9 on red side. 
because they're mm-hmm. going to be on red side more often than not in this series. If we're going to yeah. assume that Cloud9 has a chance to win this series, okay, well, they'd have to win three games Italy. on red side. You have to ban the Nidalee. You have yep. to. You yep. have to ban Victor. So whatever you target, like let's say you target <laughs> Zyra, congratulations, he gets Alistar or Tom Kench. Yeah. Good luck. Ved Kench, he can play Zyra, which yeah. is going to just be phenomenal into Braum or Alistar. Or, like, they're, they're, oh God, they're, they have to ban I don't think they can ban the Victor. I don't oh. think they can ban the Victor. They have to, but they I don't know if they can. That leaves too many power picks up. Look, on blue side, Cloud9 can first pick the Victor, but I think Crown, if anyone knows how to counter the <laughs> champion, it would be the guy who's mastered it by this point, right? Yeah. Like, I don't imagine that being Jensen's path to success. I I don't know, man. It's It, it looks really bad on paper. It's just looking at pick and ban in particular, which was not Cloud9's strength in the first place. I made fun of Parth earlier, but really it's, you know, people in glass houses because Reaper really let me down with his yeah. preparation for this week. Um, Even on blue side, I think that, that Cloud9 has to ban the Nidalee. You have to like, ban Nidalee. Medios, Medios proved he could play Nidalee, but then again, can he really play Nidalee? Yeah. Like, Do you want to first pick it? Are you willing to first pick it and let Samsung get first rotation, whatever two things they want? knowing that they don't have to lock in a jungler early, and knowing that Ambition can play literally any of the champions you leave available for him, and probably pretty darn well. Ambition's yep. Lee Sin is just as scary as his Nidalee, in my opinion. I, I mean, maybe that's what you do, is you just you, you try to ban out Core JJ on blue side, and you, you ban the Victor, you ban Tom Kench, you ban... Uh, Zyra? You ban the Zyra, and then you first pick Alistar. Maybe that's the way you do it on blue side. And, and you just tell him, like... Or JJ just plays Karma, then. Well, well yeah. I mean, I didn't say it would work. <laughs> well, yeah. I just, I just said Hello. that maybe that's what you do. I mean, that's the thing, right? It's Karma or, or Nami or... Yeah. Yeah, like... well, Nami, I will say this. Um, only one team has made Nami actually look good in this tournament, and that's SKT. I think that Zyra might be the new Nami in terms of what... But see, now Samson and SKT just get to scrim against each other. Yeah, well, of course... And the Rocks Tigers, for the record, there's nothing that says that Samsung can't scrim both of those teams. They won't That's land true. for the finals. That's true. That's, That's very uh, true. And, and RNG and EDG. And, and, and let's put it this way, right? Uh, you know, this is the other side of things. If Rocks Tigers and SKT, if they don't scrim Samsung Galaxy, what, do you think they're really, like, gearing up to scrim Cloud9, H2K, or Albus Knox? <laughs> right. Is that where the Koreans are going? Right. I have a feeling I know who's, who's getting the scrims with Samsung. Their only problem is that they can only scrim Samsung once at a time, so the other one's going to have to do something. Albus, I guess it's... We'll scrim Albus Knox. They're probably your best scrim partners. You know, funnily enough, I'm not sure I disagree. We'll get to that series, but I'm not sure I 100% disagree with you. Um I just I find this to be a very difficult matchup for Cloud9 because anything that you would consider a strength is now a weakness in this series. Uh, you know, Jensen is supposed to be the guy that you trust to play around, and I don't know how that happens. I, I'm seeing some people in the chat that you know, you know, saying, you know, three zero. I think that's that's a Cloud9 flare. We should get you a flare for that. Uh, you know, one game two would blow me away. I, I think that's. Entirely fair. I think, I think it's one. I think it's three one. Samsung three one. Yeah. I mean, Impact gets one game where he goes off and hard carries them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is not a bad Cloud Nine team. They're not. You know, they proved in week one they are capable of playing smart games. They're resilient, if nothing else. You know, that's sixty. They, they waited for the sixty eighth hour for the Medios kick, but they kept themselves alive long enough to get there. And lo, was it bestowed upon them. 
and once again, just rubbing my face in that dirt that 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 game would have been enough for Flash Wolves to get out of this group. Not that I'm bitter. Not that I'm bitter. Screw you, Flash Wolves. But, <laughs> but I, I mean, look, this this is a team that you, has... you know. It sounds like you need Weldon to help untilt you. Oh. Are you still subscribed to his service? I bet that could help you. No, I surprisingly <laughs> I canceled that one. I uh, I will say it's it is one of those things where I you know and, and you can say you know Rasta uh, Rasta Duppy's bringing up a chat like. This whole balancing the groups, you know, it screws up the scrim system. You know what screws up the scrim system? Korea is so much better than everyone else in this tournament that there were going to be three Korean teams in this top eight, and they were going to have at least, you know, two of them on one side of the bracket no matter what happened. Sure, are things maybe a little bit more fair if Rocks uh, and H2K would be flipped, you know, flip that together as far as the brackets go? Sure, maybe. That's 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 not fair to rocks. They have to go against Albus Knox Luna. Come on, dude. <laughs> well, that powerhouse. Well, I'm that's just, just I'm just saying, flipping where they are at the bracket. Just have rocks and EDG be where H2K and Albus Knox are on the oh, bracket. Oh, I seriously. So you I get rocks and Samsung in the semifinals. You still have three Koreans that can all scrim against each other and have no reason to do otherwise. Like, there's no way to fix the bracket structure to make that work out. And if you're Cloud Nine, you know. Sorry. Did you get the easiest Korean team? Yes. Is Samson actually the easiest Korean team? Well, that's actually it's an interesting question. Are they are they actually out of the three? Do you think if you had to rank the three Korean teams right now, how do you rank them? I'm I'm curious of your answer because I know how I'd rank them. I mean, SKT is one. I'm not sold on rocks. Something feels off. Rocks. Here's the thing about rocks, and this is why I have such a hard time judging them. Right. We make the same note about SKT from week one and Samsung from week one. It seemed like week one, all the Korean teams just all agreed, we're going to let some of these teams have their best things go through and let's see if we can beat it. And, and Rox was the one team to lose in week two. Yeah, and but, they lost to Albus Knox. But they Luna. lost one game and they crushed CLG. And in the, in the rematch, they crushed Albus Knox. And that version of Rox Tigers, I think, is the second best team. I think if it's the team, you know, if that was the aberration and the sample size is more about, you know, how they let a team like I, I think personally they just underestimated what Albus Knox was capable of. I think the fact that they got two separate Baron steals in that one game says a lot about just the awareness that Peanut has and his ability to make yeah. plays. I mean, I think they still had a lot of really great engages. They just waited too long to turn on. And I think that Rocks maybe they were the weaker team in the group. I think they're mm -hmm. the stronger team overall. Mm -hmm. So I do think that Cloud9 probably got the best draw that they could have had. Um, does that make it a good draw? No. I don't think playing against any of the Korean teams is a good draw. But, you know, only one team was going to draw H2K, okay? It, and, and as it is, you have to look at Cloud9 and say, well, what can they do? And it requires, you know, Medios make some... Medios has had the greatest shot. series of his of his career. He has to just channel season two. Like, can he get Maokai? Can we get like the season? Like, can he like absorb some of? No, all no, the odd ones you're talking. Two's? You're talking season. You're talking season three, and that was like Zach. Yeah, like hard fart. Which is Zach, Zach is going to be the, like that's just they're going to ban out the Zach. They're going to have him play Elise or whatever. I haven't seen like it. Just doesn't work. It just out. doesn't work well. It it really relies on Medios needs to be a god and get. Yeah. All of his lanes ahead, and then they need to get to team fighting, which I think Samsung is better at team fighting. And, and, and you know, someone else is rough. In the chat, Yardle, uh, Yardle 0010 
uh, pointed out that, you know, maybe they can play that uh, that bot lane really well. And maybe that's the path, is that Sneaky has one incredible game and Jensen has one incredible game where maybe Crown's put on a less comfortable champion, you know? And, and maybe that's how they get to two, but I don't see it coming to three. Uh, Rasta Duppy just tried to tilt me super hard in chat. By asking, <laughs> can Smoothie play jungle and BDO support? I have seen it work. Uh, unfortunately, I think that Samsung is not Flash Wolves. I think Samsung is a good team, and Flash Wolves are heartbreakers. Uh, but, you know, who knows? Anything is possible in this world. I, I say Samsung 3-1. Yeah, I say Samsung 3-1 as well. I, I think that Cloud9 are good enough. They'll take a game. They'll do enough where, you know, we'll, you know, the story on Reddit will be, well, we didn't win, but we kept it close. And, ooh, Samsung looks really good. Maybe there'll be a big challenge for whoever gets out on the left side of the bracket. And then when that team gets 3-0'd in the final, you know, when they get 3 0 in the finals against SKT or Rocks, we'll just forget that this conversation and this side of the bracket ever happened. Oops. But, uh, <laughs> My bad. But we're going to move on to the second series being played on, uh, on this particular week. Uh, it's SK Telecom. Speaking of SK Telecom, oh boy, they play Royal oh Never Give Up. Oh boy, this is a series that absolutely intrigues me because Royal Never Give Up looked like they had given up throughout the entirety of the second week. And again, you weren't watching live. I watched this live. Their game against Splice, they looked like they had no idea what macro play was. Looper looked like a walking disaster area. MLXG looked like he forgot what pathing was and just was leaving his solo laners to die, which is a problem because Zhaohu was more than willing to oblige, and Uzi and Mata had the same synergy problems that I pointed out when I previewed this team with you. Mm -hmm. uh, it was all of their worst nightmares coming together and then they played TSM, and suddenly everything's fine. Everything's gone. It doesn't matter. It's, yeah, I mean, do, do we think that the RNG that showed restraint and showed patience against TSM and earned that victory, do you think that Royal Never Give Up, uh, you know, can that, can that version of that team show up again? Hell no. Okay. Hell no. Zhao Hu, they're going to go on such massive tilt from how badly Faker is going to spank Zhao Hu. Granted, Faker's looked mediocre at times. Like, let's be honest. There have been some times where Faker has looked like he's not trying. Like, he's pulling a LeBron. He's, you know, pull, pulling pulling back on the speed yeah. a little bit. Like, he's like, I'm saving myself. I want to relax. Like, L no. Look, you got to save your minutes when you're playing in the playoffs like this, right? Faker's, yeah. Faker's yeah. a four-year veteran now of this whole yeah. thing. You know, you can't. You can't throw your, your whole minutes in every... God, yeah, I couldn't finish man, that with a straight face. He's going to come out and he's going to spank Zhao Hu so badly. Yeah. Like, this is going to be awful to watch this. You know, Uzi and Mata are going to be going against a lane against Bang and Wolf where it's not like they can really abuse that lane. Bang and Wolf are pretty intelligent. They're pretty smart. They're not going to go for really, really stupid trades onto... Onto Uzi and Mata. Looper versus Duke feels like a toss-up. Either one of them could carry it at either point. It seems like SKT and Royal are not very willing to let either of them carry. Mm. Um, and then the jungle matchup. Blank. 
versus MLXG, I would give RNG a slight advantage on that. But man, for some reason, SKT just keeps rolling with blank. They just keep rolling the dice on him and going, we trust him. We believe in him. I mean, this guy's been our scrim guy. Like, we'll get, he we'll did get through this. He did go 5-0-10 in his first game of the week and got the MVP. And in the second game, that he showed more synergy with Faker than I have ever seen in the two years that I've watched them play together. Yeah. Lank's stepping up. And that's, yes, that's the terrifying part. Now, granted, yeah. I think it says a lot that when SKT is like, we need to stop the Korean killers. We are tired of this whole thing where Flash Wolves always beat us this year. They put in Banky. I think that says yeah. a lot. I think the thing that's... that is worth remembering is that if they start falling behind for any reason, I think that it's you're going to start seeing Banky come in and just close this out because the synergy there is so huge. And Bring in Mo. Yep. The two v two between Bengi and Faker versus the two v two of Zhao Hu and MLXG. Uh, there's a reason that the Twitter analysts have started calling him MLXD. Like yep. that's just not been working out for them. And in the top lane, you know, you would say, well, Duke's the weak point, right? Maybe you attack Duke. Okay. But Looper looked like one of the worst top laners in this <laughs> tournament last week. It yeah. was really an, an issue here. And, and I, don't, I don't know what they're going to do about the jungler, but whether it's Blank or Bengi, both of them now have a very clear target in Looper. Because Looper just seems to, you know, I hate using this phrase because it's not real analysis, but he seems to int a lot. If he doesn't <laughs> get the resources that he wants, if MLXG doesn't gank for him often enough, he just says, screw it, I'm doing it on my own, I don't care, I won't ward, I won't whatever, oh wait, now I'm dead. Like, that's just <laughs> what he does. He just is caught in these terrible situations, and he pushes up way too far, and they're such easy mistakes to avoid. It's what makes him such a frustrating player to watch, because, you know, we've seen him on things. Like, what he really needs to do is just break out the cinch. He did it in the regional cinch final, boys. Uh, the, uh, the summer semifinals against IMA. He, they won that game. I genuinely believe it could work out given the way he's playing because at the very least, if he's going to overextend in a long lane, he could make it hurt to follow him all the way back down. <laughs> and, but, you know, realistically, I, I, you know, the thing that people are going to point to, and there are people in the chat, I can already see it. They're saying, but what about Uzi? And I want to, you know, my, my first instinct is to say, what about Uzi? What part of what you saw in that group made you say, Oh yeah, Uzi Mata, hundred percent on the same page. They're gonna take Bang and Wolf two v two, no problem. Uh, but at the same time, that has to be a, a concern, right? Like if you're if you're looking at it from SKT's point of view, that's what you have to build your winning strategy around, right? You, you kind of assume assume that Faker can beat Xiao Hu, and it's about making sure that Uzi and Mata don't snowball the bot lane enough to, you know, potentially get some upsets in there. I mean, I mean, how would you attack it? I mean, how do you deal with I mean, that's, a bot lane that has the potential of Uzi and Mata? That, that's how I do think Royal takes games, is they got to play through Uzi and Mata. They got to get them ahead. Um, the problem is I just think Bang and Wolf are too safe. I think they understand that that's the Royal's win condition. It's not going to be Zhao Hu beating Faker. It's not really going to be Looper beating Duke. It's, yeah. it's going to be Uzi. Like, you look at Royal, you know it's going to be Uzi. TSM knows it's going to be Uzi. You look at all their games, it was through Uzi. Yeah. It was getting Uzi that slight advantage and then getting into the late into the team game and playing around Uzi and letting Uzi do Uzi things. Yeah. And um, 
I just think SKT, Kakoma, and the, the coaching staff and the players are just intelligent enough to go, all right, this is where the pressure point's going to be. This is where they're going to put all the, you know, all their advantages. I think they're going to try and get Bang and Wolf onto really, really safe lanes. I think we definitely could see, like, Ezreal Alistar, um, Ezreal Nami. Like, I think Ezreal's going to be really, really key for SKT. I think that's really what they're going to organize their entire strategy around is let's make sure that we get Bang, bang Ezreal so he can get himself out of situations and then we get Wolf onto something that he can rotate around the map, he can make some plays, and we basically just say, you're not going to kill an Ezreal 3v1 or 1v3 under tower, 1v2 under tower. We'll just let him farm, right. do that. We're going to make plays around the rest of the map. We're going to make you play you know, 3v4 on the rest of the map or, or 4v2 or you know, whatever. So I, I think SKT is an intelligent enough roster that nothing that Royal throws at them is really going to catch them off guard unless MLXG has a revolutionary performance and can take advantage of some of the deficiencies that I think uh, Blank still has. And, and, and let me put it this way, right? You know, people have attacked the SKT bot lane before. We've seen it in Korea. That was something that a lot of teams would try to do. They would try to catch Wolf uh, when he was roaming out of position. They would try to keep Bang down early in the hopes that you know, at, at that point, you only have one real huge carry threat on SKT, and then mm -hmm. it just becomes kill faker win team fight, which is yeah. one of the reasons why KT Rolster did beat them in the summer playoffs is because they were able to, you know, get enough of that, you know, get enough of a lead with someday, have fly keep even enough with faker, and then right. just have score go pick on that bot lane whenever they made a mistake, and and that was KT's path to victory. The problem is, I don't know if MLXD, I just called him MLXD, I called him the meme instead of his real name, <laughs> MLXG is up to the task, and that his pathing is going to be so on point that he's going to catch Bang and Wolf off. I think the, the key champion, and this is the thing, if, if SKT is smart, you just ban Lee Sin against MLXG. Just ban it. It's his best champion. It's the one he's been playing for forever. You don't need it for either Blank or Bengi, whichever one you choose to start. And that's the one where he can get behind, you know, Bang or Wolf, kick him out, let the bot lane siege on top of him, you know, then have, you know, Zhao Hu roam down, get the four-man roam down there, get the bot tower for first brick, and try to snowball off of that. That, I, mm -hmm. I promise you, that's going to be their strategy. And one, Koma's smart enough, he knows that that's their path to victory. The warding is going to be intense in that bot lane. They're going to put so much time and energy into making sure that they can't possibly get caught out that way. Yeah. And two, the amount of resources that you're going to pour into that, MLXG has to hit every single time. Even one failed gank means that on the other side of the map, Blank and Bengi could either punish Looper, which is pretty mm -hmm. easy to do, or punish Zhao Hu, which is yeah. also proven to be easy to do. So you right. cannot fail. You cannot make those mistakes. SKT does not allow teams that make mistakes to survive for very long. And Royal, unfortunately, is a team that made a whole bunch of mistakes in that second week. They yeah. regressed in that last week. That loss to Splice was not an acceptable loss. And their pick and ban phase got weird. There are a lot of things you look at those, the, you know, the Royal compositions that lost. Again, why do you let Crown play Victor? Why against Splice... Do you have this, you know, this Olaf, which isn't really something MLXG plays very much, and you can tell because he would refuse, to, you know, he'd kind of run by his axe and wouldn't even bother to pick it up. Like he forgets how that affects his cooldown. Like it just, yeah. There were just simple little mistakes that just kept piling up, and 
and macro decisions about where to roam and you know they're they're either predictable or they're a mess and either one of those is going to be a problem now now uzi has made a whole bunch of great individual plays in the past no one will deny his ability to carry games and and have you know that one big blowout game but skt knows it they know how to beat it they know that teams have come and tried to attack that before and there is no reason to believe that they're going to be able to get away with it again absolutely it just i just don't see it so absolutely totally agree where do you see the series ending up three one skt yeah i think there's one one uzi carry game where you know they just throw a ton of resources into the bot lane they get that first brick they get the first blood it uzi just kind of goes away with it so yeah yeah, i think there's i think it's a three one I could see a 3-2 if Royal comes up with some weird pick that SKT isn't expecting. It doesn't that, sound like Royal to me, though. It, it doesn't, but if you doesn't. look at the first week, Royal came out against TSM and completely surprised everybody with the way they played that game. They are capable of doing it for one game. They can't do it for a five-game series, but they could do it once, and then Uzi would have one big game, and that gets you to two. And that's enough to keep the series, you know, get the silver scrapes going. I don't think there's any chance SKT doesn't win this series. I, I think no, that SKT does so well at picking apart mistakes, and Royal never give up. Especially last week, just made so many. I can't see it. I, it will be. A, I think it's more likely to be a three-zero than a three-two. Yeah, absolutely. But I think no matter what, they get to the three, and that's something where, if you're China, well. Sorry, guys. Um, that's just the way that this goes. You got matched up against Faker. But, you know, at least Edward Gaming got a, oh, no, wait, they're up against the Rocks Tigers. <laughs> because China can't catch a break on the seating. Well, you, like, H2K was there. Like, th- there are so many teams that were like, man, as long as we get H2K, we're, you know, we're golden. We get to the semifinals, and who knows what happens there. And like it's like, nope, China, you're going up against the Koreans. We're ruining any chance of that whole, you know, China-Korea finals once again. It's like they're trying really hard to get, you know, they're, they're hoping that Samsung somehow blows it so they have another team in the finals because we haven't had anyone outside of China, Korea, or Taiwan since season two in the finals. Yeah. So they figure if they just throw three or four teams on that side of the bracket, maybe <laughs> it'll happen. Maybe I mean, someone will take out Samsung. Yeah, of course. It's yeah. an interesting strategy. I, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference against, you know, well, well, actually, no, let, let's start with the Rocks Tigers because you said before you have concerns about them. What are, what are your concerns when it comes to the Rocks Tigers? Because there are flaws that we certainly saw in this group stage that need to be I have, discussed. I have some concerns with Peanut and, and Kuro. Um, I think I think Peanut's been playing a little little trigger happy, um, especially on some of his invades. I'm, I'm thinking mainly back to, to week one, but even going to week two, really just weird timing. Mm-hmm. Weird weird times to invade. His, t- his laners don't have their lanes pushed up. His synergy with Kuro has been kind of 
mixed and mashed. Sometimes Carroll follows him up. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes they both go in. Like, they've been one of the worst early game teams in the entire tournament, and then they save it because they're so great in the late game because Smed can make such incredible plays with whatever champion he's on. And Kuro is such an efficient late, a team fighter. The fact that uh, Prey is such an efficient team fighter. So they do have that saving grace, which I feel like they just do stuff that's just really stupidly risky in the early game for no real rhyme or reason. Um, well, that being said, against EDG, I'm just, I'm not quite sure EDG is the right team to exploit it. Um, I don't think Clearlove is the right jungler to exploit it. I, we have to talk about Clearlove. Clearlove might be one of the most overrated players in League of Legends history. Oh. I'm going to say it because that's how I feel. Because for everything we give him, for all the, oh, he's a great jungler, he's the best jungler in the world, and then he shows up on the international stage. And I don't watch a ton of China, so whatever. Maybe maybe he's an absolute god in China, and if I watched it, I would never say those words. But Yes, that is absolutely watching, the case. That is 100%. Fine, whatever. But watching him on the international scale, I just go, I don't get it. I don't see it. Maybe it's just that his style of play is just perfect. Maybe he's, he has mastered how you jungle against Chinese teams. Fine. So be it. But every time I see him on the international stage, I go, this shouldn't work. And guess what? He gets to the quarterfinals and it doesn't work. It doesn't work when he gets matched up against teams that aren't Chinese teams or teams that just aren't better than his, his teammates. And I think he's one of the most overrated players in League of Legends history. I, I just... I just I don't get it. I don't think you're allowed to be called overrated when your trophy case is bigger than 99% of players. All in China. It's literally all in China and so, one MSI so trophy. China's one of the two most powerful regions in the world. China sent two teams to the group stage of this, uh, to the bracket stage of this tournament. North America and Europe combined could only send two. That's and not even that was really close. Like, I, don't, I don't care about that. I watch him perform on the international stage and I just go, I don't get it. Why do we keep saying he's the best jungler in the world when he's playing against the international competition? He doesn't look like the best jungler in this tournament. He doesn't look like the best jungler in the world. That's what I don't understand, and that's why I say he's overrated. I, I just don't – I look at him and I go, this is everything that we criticize Meteos for going into Season 5 that he couldn't fix. It's literally the power farm jungle. It's – just completely ignoring one of the lanes because let's be honest, Meteos used to just completely ignore mid lane. He was a top and bottom jungler and completely would throw high out to dry. And high was able to be successful because he adapted his play style to, okay, well, I'm going to buy a ton of wards and that's how I'm going to do it. And I'm going to roam with Meteos. Mouse can't do that. You can't just leave top lane and go, all right, I'm going to go roam down to the bot lane and gank with my jungler. Oh, look, I just lost two waves in a tower. Oh, well, who cares? Like, I just, I don't get it. I don't see it. And maybe I need to watch just all of China next year. Maybe I'll give up on Korea and watch China and maybe understand it. But I just don't see it. I think he's incredibly overrated. Okay. I don't get it. I'm just going to give you a list of the number of champions in which he has a, a 90% win rate or higher over the I don't care. You, you're going to tell me all this stuff. It doesn't change my, my 
my perspective of when I see him on the international stage, he flares out in the quarterfinals. And I don't understand why we don't criticize this guy the same way we criticize Forgiven for never making an international because event. The way we criticize Doublelift for never winning anything. Not like, getting to he an had international every event. title in China. Not getting to an international event and not getting to, you know, pass the group stage is very different than continually getting to the bracket stage every time he's been at the tournament and doing well enough that we keep seeing him there. That's not, you're talking about he has consistently been the key player, the most important player on a top eight team in the world since back in season three when he was on World Elite with Messiah and that company. The guy has been an all-star for five years now. Since back in season two, the guy has been a legend, has pulled in more first place finishes in China than any other player. And has done well on the competitive stage enough that we have to keep talking about him in the bracket stage. Now, there's this problem that we have, and this always happens when you don't follow a region closely enough, which is when people talk about how awesome a player is, and you haven't seen it, there's just hype and hype and hype and hype and hype. Uh, it's the Karza problem for last year, where everyone was like, yeah, Karza's good, but he's not as good as everyone made him out to be. Which was absolutely fair, because if you heard about Karza, the only thing anyone ever said about Karza last year was, Karza's the best jungler. Karza's an amazing jungler. He's so aggressive. He makes so many plays. He does this, that, and the other thing. Because people have to try to get a, across an entire split into a few sentences, because those sound bites are all people are going to remember. And the thing about Clear Love that you have to realize, it's not just that he makes plays. It's not just that he's been the primary shot caller on pretty much every team he's played for for five years. It's that the longevity of his career, the consistency with which he has been great. He has never been like Medios and had to take a year off because he wasn't good enough. I mean, well, every I'm not year, comparing him is, to Medios. He has but... been a top two player in his uh, top two. He has been on a top two team in his region pretty much every year that he has existed as a player. He has been on the world stage and succeeded at least enough to get to the group stage every year that he has been a player. The mm -hmm. guy is a monster. The guy so two, two is, questions. is a leader and, and a big part of why this team is successful. Two questions. Two questions. Hit me. Two questions. If he is so incredibly successful and he is so incredibly good, why, A, have we never put him in the same conversation of, is he a better player than Faker? And two... Why have his teams outside? I will give you the one MSI tournament, fine. But why have his teams been so poor on the international stage? Well, that is my two two questions to you. Why can't I just go? I look at him. He's the he's one of the more consistent factors in all of these things, and yet they don't succeed. First, just, first of all, um, let's let's keep in mind for the record that. That you can't just ignore MSI, which they did win. And he I'm not ignoring it. He, they did he win did MSI. I will give them, well. They have one international tournament victory under their belt. But he has had very limited success on the international stage. He can have 30,000 trophies in China. But for some reason, when he hits the international stage, it doesn't work. It doesn't. He can't get past the quarterfinals. He just can't. I don't. Never. He rarely gets past the quarterfinals. He's at one MSI victory. One! One! I mean, if it helps, he was the winner of that IPL5 tournament you hold in such high regard. But look, let, let's be real here. Uh, Fair enough. The, the two questions you, answer, you asked, uh, one, why hasn't he been in the conversation for best player in the world? Because he's not the best player in the world. Uh, Faker's the best player in the world. Uh, the difference with McClear Love is that what makes him clear love and what makes him the best jungle in the world is so much about his intangibles as much as it is about his mechanical play. 
Baker is a mechanical god and someone who processes the game in a way that no one else ever has. It's the reason that we haven't had a conversation about anyone else being a better player than he is until Smeb this year. It's absolutely incredible that, you know, this that this is one of those guys that, you know, has has been able to be a huge player on the team, but that doesn't mean that he's faker. No one's faker. It's more amazing to me that Smeb was Smeb is apparently co- faker. It's but that to me is the hugest surprise of the year that we finally found someone for the first time since season three who really deserves to be in that conversation i mean that's here's another question. conversation what jungler have. do you that's put above clear love no historically over the last four years name any jungler that's had more consistent international and within their own region success than clear love spoiler alert you ain't gonna find one you're not gonna find one who's close yeah that's I mean, just, that's that's the absolute fact. And, yeah. And you but know, you're 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 putting it over over four years. Like, yeah, that's that's fine. So, but so I, he could still be overrated. Of, like, how? If he's the best jungler over the last four years and consistently has proven to be so good that he keeps getting teams. Let me put it this way: Do you think EDG is at this stage if they didn't have Clear Love on the team? Because the spoiler alert is no, no, they wouldn't be. Because Mouse was so bad, and the you know them switching back between Pawn and Scout in weird ways, and Mako just really didn't have his heart in in, in some of those games. There is no way that without Clear Love calling all of those macro decisions that ended up winning them that game against AHQ, despite being massively behind, and Clear Love getting the Baron steal that this... won them that game. He is the reason that we're even talking about them at this tournament right now. But he is not five guys. And the thing about a jungler, and you play jungler, so you should know better than to say this, junglers can't single-handedly win games. And not at the professional level. That is true. So he is dependent on his players. So why hasn't he been able to get the team? He's gotten them a heck of a lot farther than they would ever be without him. So he's Dan Marino. That's what it comes down to, is he's Dan Marino. He's never going to win the big one. And Sure, but guess what? If your name's not SKT, almost everyone's Dan Marino. Literally, how many teams can we name? <laughs> Fnatic won in season one. You can give yep. them credit for that if you want. Taipei yep. in season two. Yep. Samsung White in season four. Everyone else is Dan Marino if we're going to use that strategy. So I think that's a terrible way to I, judge an individual player. I, I'm just saying I, I feel like that the reverence that we give him is a little much because he does not perform on the international stage. I don't know how you'd call single-handedly willing his team into some sort of macro play to the point where we're even talking about them in this series, not being showing up on the international stage. The guy has a weakness and that he doesn't gank top because because he doesn't believe that Mouse is worth it. Because his theory, and it has always been his theory, is that he would rather spend time investing in someone who will actually make the most out of it. He does not shore up weaknesses. He accentuates their strengths. That's why he ganks so much for their mid lane, which either Pawn or Scout have both done well in this tournament at times. I think Scout's been more consistent. I think Scout's the way they should go. Um, But Pawn, obviously, they value for a lot of the experience that he brings. And it's the reason that they, you know, he ganks so much for Dev, too, in my opinion, is still the best AD carry in the world. 
even though they oh oh we yeah. haven't talked about the best eighty carry in the world yet, boy. Oh, don't worry about that. We about to get to that real soon. Yeah, because real we, soon because the team winning makes you the best player. That's how that works. This is, and this is the problem: is that right now we've gotten so distracted by this. And let's get us back on on point here. Whether Clearlove is the best jungle in the world, Deft is the best eighty carry in the world, has nothing to do with are they the best team in the world. The answer to that, of course, is no. We thought that they were going to be a top two or top three team. They have not shown any propensity towards that at this tournament. So how is this team going to handle the Rocks Tigers team? How Scout. what can Edward Gaming do? Okay, so yeah. So let's talk, so let's talk Scout. about what's the path to victory. Scout, just play Scout. Play Scout. Let him roam. Let him make up for Clearlove's deficiencies in ganking top lane because mouses look best when scout has been playing when scout goes up into the top lane when he makes some impact on that when he gets you know the ball rolling for the entire team like granted you can completely abandon mouse all you want but guess what he still has to be in the team fight he still has to be he's still on the field you can't just be like all right we're gonna play 4v5 guys you can't just be like mouse go sit down and do nothing and never leave your base you can't do that you need to get him to a point where he can be usable. You cannot completely ignore him and say, eh, whatever, you're an extra minion. Just, you can't. You can't do that. You can't. I think you're going to have to. And that's what Scout has been doing. Scout has been going up there. He's been getting his kills. He's been making sure that Mouse is efficient enough that he can at least do something when you get to the team fight phase. And granted, I don't like that matchup. Smeb is going to go just roll over this kid. I feel terrible for him. He's going to get clapped. Yeah. He's going to get crushed. We thought Faker against Jensen was a bad matchup. Oh, boy. We're talking about pe- someone that people think is the best player in the world against Mouse? Which, which for the record, honest. I'm going to make a side point about Mouse because, again, apparently Reddit just never watches China either. So uh, I'm going to call him out on something. Someone made a point of like, oh, guys, we shouldn't be giving Mouse that hard of a time because he was a, he's really a support main. That's what he played before this. You know what he played before that? Mid lane, you know he played. You know he's played basically every position on the stage, and he's been a top laner long enough. He should know better by now, and yeah. I know he's played better than this because I saw him do it when they three would Royal Never Give Up in the Chinese yeah. finals. The guy is just inexperienced. He's young. He's you know doesn't have a whole bunch of international and experience under his be name great if he had a super experienced jungler come up there help him out a little give him a to little love end. that's you not know. how they've won any of their games the three games they've won they've won because deft gets super ahead pawn or scout gets to be team fighting gods and they win mouse is not your win condition mouse has never been your win condition it's it's incredible you know that's the problem you can't play around Mouse and hope that that's going to pay off for you. You I'm need not even saying play around him. No, 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 I'm not saying play around him. I'm saying go to his lane once, twice, or just like once or twice, just or, help him a little, just a little bit. Mouse can accept that you're going to be 20 CS behind and stop pushing He's up. So mouse. Far. He doesn't need a lot. He's he needs to just stop making terrible mistakes. He would not be so easily gankable if he placed his trinket words properly, which he doesn't and didn't overextend through the lane, which he does all the time, the whole point is they tell him, play safe, play safe, play safe, and then he gets distracted. Like, there's a piece of cheese somewhere on the rift. He's like, oh, I gotta eat that. Oh, I gotta go. I gotta go get that one minion. That one minion is worth potentially putting my entire life at risk here. That's not Clear Love's fault. Mouse knows 
how this team plays. Mouse knows what they're trying to play around and what their strategy is. And whether you believe that EDG's strategy is a good strategy, bad strategy, whatever else, they have the mentality of, if our strongest players are in a point to succeed, it won't matter what Mouse does. And Edward Gaming is four and three, or, or I should say three and four because of that strategy. Now, maybe, or, or no, they're four and three. I got that correct. If maybe they fix it because they say that they lost that tiebreaker to H2K, they lost to INTZ of all teams, maybe that's enough to make them say, this is a weakness. We're playing against SMEB. We have to do something. And Clear Love changes his pathing. But I don't think yeah, Clear Love was doing it. Clear Love has ganked for top in previous years of, of his experience throughout his career. It's not that Clear Love has never ganked top before. It's that he hasn't ganked top since Mouse joined the team because they are of the team philosophy that it is not worth investing that much into the top laner. And unfortunately, against a player like Smeb, if you do that, even if Mouse played it as safely as possible, he's going to get burned. So they're going to have to make some changes. I think that they will make those changes. I think that... If you're looking for EDG, I still think at the end of the day, like, sure, you got to help out Mouse a little bit, but the key is going to be get Scout ahead of Kuro. And I do think Scout is the correct answer. I agree with you on that, though. I'm sure they'll go. I'm sure Pawn is going to be the one that they start because Pawn has more experience. No, and play Scout. EDG, I don't care. I don't know who your coach I don't remember who your coach is. Aaron. You play Scout, damn it. Aaron, you play Scout, damn it. And not because I have unicorns riding on this. You play Scout. You don't dare play Pawn. You play Scout. Scout. S-C-O-U-T. I don't know what that is in Mandarin or Cantonese, but like S-C-O-U-T. That's the American version. You're in America. It's Scout. Got it? Got it, Aaron? Hey, Good. look. It's Good. um Scout. I we'll see. I think they value the experience that Pawn has in this kind of big situation. So I think that's what they're gonna do. And Pawn has played well. It's not Put like your Pond better player in. Put your best player in. Scout has been a much better player than Pawn. I, I don't even know why they're playing Pawn when Scout played the entire regular season and the playoffs. Like, just go with the guy who got you here. Look. You don't need to bring your ex-girlfriend into this and have like, oh, I gotta give her one dance. Like, no, you don't do that at prom. And here's you my... dance with the girl you're with. Come and, on. And here's my defensive clear love a second time Come around. On. If they lose this series, it's gonna be because they're gonna make mistakes like that, and that's gonna have nothing to do with clear love. Because they started pawed over Scout? Oh, come on. That's a big mistake in your opinion, right? You just begged Aaron not to do it, so clearly you think it's important enough that it's a difference maker. Look, I, But at the end of the day, let, let's be real here. It's going to come down to if they're going to win games, it's going to be because Deft and Mako outplay Prey and Gorilla, yep. which has proven to be a very tough task. I, I don't think that that's something that I want to consider. Have you seen how aggressive Deft is? Deft is so aggressive. Holy, I love level it. one, he's like, I'm going to take Essence Flex level one, and I'm going to just jump into you with Nob. Oh, my God. This kid, this kid is fantastic. He is incredible. I cannot believe how he's changed in from this guy who is like, I don't want to fight in lane phase. Can I just hit all my minions? Like, don't like you can do whatever you want. Roam the map. Like, I'll just I'll just sit here under my tower and farm too. I'm gonna kill you before the minions spawn. It's just incredible to watch those two. They're so much fun to watch. It's great. It's great. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing about Deft, right? I told you, he added that to his early game, and now it makes yep. him twice as much fun. And, I, I, you know, Yardy in the chat uh, pointed out, you know, they invested a lot of money in Pawn, which is why you're seeing him here. And 
that is something that we've seen Chinese owners do. You know, even if the coaches don't like it, they tend to interview do and it. say, we invested all this money. He's got to be worth it. We have to make sure that we get our investment back. And at Worlds, that's not the time to live off the sunk cost fallacy. That's just not something you can do. Uh, and, and honestly, I think Edward Gaming beating Rocks Tigers is not something they can do either. Uh, as oh. much as I love Clear Love, as oh. much as I love Scout, I don't think they're built to beat this team. I think Smeb's too much better than Mouse. I think Peanut, I think we saw what Peanut's actually capable of when we saw their last two games in this group. I think that they really did, you know, and even the game that they lost to Albus Knox, it wasn't because of Peanut. Peanut played amazingly that game. Um, I think that he's going to be just fine. I think that, you know, he's, you know, I think Clearlove's slightly better, but I think that Peanut can absolutely match him head to head in this particular meta. I think Kuro's not going to be a weakness. And I think Prey and Gorilla right now are just so consistent. And if you get Prey that Ezreal, he's shown that he can single-handedly win a game on that as well. Uh, does Mouse show up to the game or just call in sick? I got to be honest. You know how uh, we saw that uh, against Flash Wolves, I may look so much better when they had a Voidless play support uh, and uh, Athena play jungler? Than when Road was in, I think there's an argument that you start Pawn in the top lane, and just say <laughs> screw it, we'll play AP top laners, top lane Vladimir, bring it back, let's do it. I I think that might be better for that team. I I'm only like seventy percent joking. Um, I'm, I'm I genuinely believe that might be a strategy that would work out for them, but I don't think they're gonna do it. I don't. I I just think that the Rocks Tigers that we saw at their best are the Rocks Tigers that are going to play in this group because if nothing else, Rocks Tigers have been fueled by one and only one thing for a long time now, and that is getting to play SKT and beating them. And if you think Rocks Tigers are going to pass up an opportunity to play SKT in the, in the semifinals when they're playing an Edward Gaming team that has displayed so many flaws that even a team that is as hapless in the mid-game as H2K can exploit? I'm going Rocks. I think it's a 3-0. Oh, I have it. I have Rocks 3-2. Oh, wow. Okay. You I think EDG is going to play as close. I think Deft is definitely going to win one game for them. I think Scout uh, can take it to Kuro and Peanut. Um, I think they're just going to play Scout. If they play Pawn, then this is a quicker series. But I, I think yeah. they're going to play Pawn. That's the difference. It's, I, I think they're going to play Pawn, and I think the bigger problem is going to be... Then, I think they're stupid to play Pawn. There is no reason to play Pawn in this series. None. I think that Zip. the difference is... I mean, we saw it last year, right, when they played against Fnatic. This is a team that will... That, you know, doesn't necessarily prepare well for the next series. They have... You know, I think that Rox is going to spend a week getting a huge advantage over them from a scouting perspective. I think that Mouse is such a glaring weak point. Unless Mouse grows you know, five times his size overnight uh, and he becomes this monster player. I don't know how you handle that against the best Mighty top mouse. laner in the world in Smeb. Like, I'm I'm sorry. It's just that your weaknesses are so clearly playing towards Rox's strength. Smeb's just, Smeb and Peanut are just going to gank Mouse like five times in the first three minutes and it's just going to be over. Like, I, I, I don't see the path to victory for Edward Gaming and I'm not convinced enough that it's going to work out. The EDG Jace is actually in the meta this time for Deft. Uh, thank you so much. Triple uh, TP, guys. boys. I, I would love that so much. I, I genuinely, 
I mean, I think that's what EDG has to do. When you're playing a team as good as Rocks Tigers, you got to do something different because Korea knows how to close out these games. But we're done talking about... Can we get to the series I really want to talk about now? I can't believe this is the series you really want to talk about. But yeah, let's do it. Um, uh, Okay, uh, it is, of course, the last series of the week. It is the uh, H2K game. I sold TSM to the devil for this series, boys. Albus Knox Luna, Group A, 4 and 3. G2 ruined their chances of having Albus Knox as a one seed, which would have been about a thousand percent more fun for the bracket stage. But here we are. Walter, let's keep our analyst hats off for a couple of seconds. I have to pretend. I have no analysis for this series. I literally have no analysis for this series. (laughs) This is me gushing fanboy joygasm. Okay. I'm so excited for this. I wish this was going to be the series in New York, but you know what this does? This just means I get to watch one of these teams lose to Samsung in New York, which I'm totally fine with. And I don't know which one I want more. I don't know if I want to see Forgiven play live or if I want this Albus Knox Luna train to just keep rolling and them to beat Samsung and then have to go against SKT and Faker's going to be looking at them and Lickert's going to be like, hi, dad, I'm home. Get it? Esports God, esports Jesus. Everyone yeah, get it? Yeah. Okay, good. I just, I just had to make sure. I just had to make sure that like, I have no. It's a lot funnier when you explain it. I don't care. It, I don't care who wins. I don't care who loses. I don't care what happens in this series. Nothing. It's just, it's awesome. It's uh, awesome. It, as a pure fan of the game, this is nope, everything you want from Worlds. Like this is, care. this is what you hope for. You have the true underdog story in Albus Knox Luna, a team that. People thought was so bad. They were ranked 16th across the board in pretty much every power ranking, including our own, admittedly. Yeah, um, You know, a, a team that was so bad that they had to play World of Warcraft Legion heading into the tournament because no one wanted to scrim them. <laughs> a team that was seen as so bad. I mean, I, I've played these guys before in scrims. I never, ever, ever thought they had this level of competition within them. The level they're playing at is incredible and more importantly it's sustainable and their wins they didn't win because of cheese they didn't win because they did some crazy thing sure they made a couple weird picks but liquid's champion pool is just weird which is fine i hope he never plays braum again still don't know why he did that in that last game but regardless of what you know this team just how team fought the rocks tigers at times they absolutely outplayed CLG start to finish. That game, the second one on week two, was a 33-minute thrashing. Oh, that was a that was a oh. pure victory. There's oh. no there's no cheese you can blame on it. There's no oh my god CLG you know could have you know if only they'd not gotten caught out at level one. No 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 no. They outplayed them. Albus Knox has outplayed teams. And that's something that I never thought I'd be saying. But here we are. And, you know, I already brought up the Shakarez tweet in, in part one. H2K will be paired with Albus Knox and they will lose. I'm kind of inclined to think it's in play. I think it's in play. I think it's genuinely in play given the strengths and weaknesses of these teams. But, you know, before, before we get into that analysis, I, I do want to talk on the other end because I... Uh, I am apparently, according to the internet, a registered Forgiven hater. I did not know this until people told there, me. There is still room in the pews in the Church of Forgiven, my son. You I, can come in and repent for your sins. I, uh, the great Greek God 
accepts I... forgiveness from all people. He grants it even. First of all, just he has not forgiven anybody. Did you not see his comments about hybrid <laughs> this week? Are you kidding me? Which, first of all, forgiven. Wow. You make it really hard for me to like you when you're spent. You 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 get to the quarterfinals of worlds. You're achieving everything you've ever hoped for. You have the best chance you could have possibly asked for to make it to the semifinals, and you use it as an opportunity to trash talk a team you played for for a week and played badly on. Really? 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 That just well, make it easier to like you, man. We, like, just so, so, stop making it so hard for me to want to root for you because your play is fun. I'm not so convinced by your support. Vander did not look so great in this tournament so far. But you, when you get the Caitlyn, I'll say this about Forgiven. He is the best Caitlyn in the world. I will say that straight up. Best Caitlyn in the world. It, it is. You have to ban it in every single one of these games. So good. It's, so it's incredible. Good. His mechanics are just so perfectly on point. He knows how to dominate the early game and just put pressure down and secure an easy CS lead, even against things like Sivir, who you should think should just default into a CS lead. Not when they're playing against uh, Forgiven's Caitlyn. The, the guy just knows how to lane. And he's if he's not knowing how to team fight, he's learning a little bit more every time they win a game. Okay. Heretic, 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 heretic. I got to stop you right there because no negative things will be said about Forgiven on this podcast. I will not allow this anymore. He made it to the goddamn quarterfinals of Worlds. We can't hold that over his head anymore. He has been a, a revelation. He has proven that he deserves to be here. He's proven he deserves to be up in the top five of 80 carries in the world. He has bested depth. Now all he has to do is beft Uzi, but that that just won't happen. We'll have to have some exhibition tournament for that. His Caitlyn is correct, the best in the world. He may be the best AD carry in the world. And you know what? I don't care that he's wasting his time bad-mouthing a support he played with for two weeks. I don't care about that because you know what? I read an article last week that was about Tom Brady. And I hate Tom Brady with all my heart. I play against him twice a year for the past 15 years. God, I hate that man. Every time I read articles about him and his mentality and the chip that he has on his shoulder and about why he's so successful, I can't help but go, I want to love you because you're everything I want in an athlete, but I hate you because you kick my team's butt twice a year and I can't handle that. Um, but there is a story by one of his college college friends and roommates where he goes, and, it's, and it, we're playing like intramural basketball and uh, you know this kid hits a three in his face. And he does some showboating, you know, maybe the maybe the three goggles, like whatever they did back then, showboating his face. And Tom Brady took such offense to it that the next time down the court, he hit a pick so vicious on this kid. Charles Oakley would have been proud. And he goes, and I swear not, this kid spent five minutes trying to peel his face up off of the court. <laughs> that is forgiven in a nutshell. You can say one nasty thing about him. You can say, oh, you know, I think his trap placement's pretty bad. He will remember that, and the first chance he gets to throw it back in your face, he's going to do it, and he's going to do it mercilessly, and he's going to drink your tears out of a fine crystal glass. It is amazing. I love rooting for this guy, even though he's the biggest dick on the planet. But I love it. I love it. And when he beats... Baker and wins a world championship. You all are going to have to bow down at the altar of forgiven, and I will be there as his high priest laughing at you. I'll just be, I have ascended, my son. There's nothing you could say to me. I don't care how many times TSM now bows out in group stages. 
Forgiven has a world championship. You can't hurt me anymore. And I will ascend to the heavens. And it'll be great. I can't wait. I um I, I love you your enthusiasm. I absolutely you can't. Can I can say a ton of things. I can say that H2K's mid-game was one of the most Muted. embarrassing things that I saw Muted. throughout the entirety of this, you know, of all the one seeds. H2K looked by far the weakest. I have no idea how you can go 4-0 and make me f- worried about you. That is incredible. I genuinely, they, they run around like chickens with their head cut off, you know, somewhere around like 80% of the, of the 15 to 35 minute mark. They just don't know what to do. They don't know what towers to roam for. They don't know what objectives to take. They'll take these 50-50 barons that are super risky and one day are gonna come to haunt them. These are huge, distinct issues that are going to come back at the end of the day. And I don't know how they're supposed to bounce back from that. I don't know what they're going to do that's suddenly going to shift their focus and say, oh, now we know how to close out a game. Because you pointed out after week one that H2K was even worse at AHQ at the time at closing out games. This week, they lucked into a lot of closing out games. They, there were a lot of times where teams just did not punish them. They had bad team fights that took what should have been easy, you know, not even letting their opponents have a chance to come back in the game into games that were pretty close and then would come back with the one big forgiven play. And don't get me wrong, they have tools to win these fights. Yankos played a lot better this week than he did last week. I loved what he was doing trying to snowball some of these lanes. Ryu continues to be one of the more fun parts of watching this H2K team. And he deserves all the credit in the world. Oh my for that. god, his rise was almost as good as Forgiven. It was amazing. His rise is his rise is great. He uses the teleports really effectively. He and creatively too. You know, the play where they, you know, he used it to move the minions to the other tier three tower to get a little bit more pressure on it. That's something that was, you know, marked down when Rise first came out. I have never seen it done in competitive play. And I, you know, I just Loved seeing it. I think he's incredibly smart. I think that one of the things you really have to worry about with H2K, and we didn't have to see nothing. it last week because nothing. they absolutely nothing. There's nothing to worry about. So, what do you mean? They did so well and they never lost a game. The tilt factor, Vander, Yankos, and Forgiven, all very strong personalities. All of them get out of here. No experience in a world's best of five. All of whom, if they're down, let's say they drop a game to Albus Knox Luna that was a very winnable game. Let's say they're up 3 or 4K. They allow a barren steal by Stehos, who's been pretty good at those so far, and they lose that game. I, I'm not I'm not as, I'm not convinced. It's not, it's not gonna happen. No, not gonna happen. Don't need to worry about it. Who cares? That doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's fate. It's destiny. It no is one else destiny. is destiny. Albus Knox is the team of destiny. This is a team that brought out Brand and won. This is a team that brought out Tarek and won. <laughs> this is a team that beat the Rocks Tigers. H2K doesn't have a win that comes close to that in quality right now. This is a team that has Stehos coming out of nowhere and making and Graves almost look care. like a decent jungler. And yet I don't care. It's God given. The only the only thing that can beat a god is another god. Did you not watch Wrath of the Titans? And Likrit is Jesus. He is the god that will come down from Russia and say that I am banishing you to Greek military service. 
so that the world of League of Legends will never see you again. I could see, for I could see forgiven letting, judged. I could see forgiven letting Brand through just so he could kill him and go. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I absolutely Your think Brand he's is let, no good here. I absolutely think he's going to let Brand through because I think he wants to land against it. That's how his whole thing, right? He always believes that he can beat the best of the best, which you know. Whether the, yeah, he, that's just who he is. When he got a chance to play against Deft, he's like, awesome. I want to play against Deft because I want to play against the best. And the first game, he lost that battle. Second time, he won that battle. Third time, it, he didn't need to win that battle. They gave him Caitlyn. It was basically won before the battle started. But at the end of the day, when you put the analysis hat back on, there is one thing that is undoubtedly true. H2K's biggest weakness, that mid-game, knowing where to go, making macro decisions, you know, putting emphasis on the right objectives at the right time, that's Albus Knox's strength. Albus Knox has not been a particularly great laning team. They have been a great team fighting team. They've been very good at turning objectives into other objectives and snowballing those things and having, you know, the cataclysm from the brand ultimate take out two people that you didn't expect and Stahos getting the long range ult and therefore being able to secure dragons yep. and barons or whatever else. In the first week, they did it without very much vision. The second week, they realized that that was a problem and they stepped it up in a huge way. This is a good team. This is a very good team from Albus Knox. Are they better than H2K? I don't know. Here, here's, here's my worry. Okay. I, 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 I want to interrupt you because I do have a stat here that, I, that I'll pull out. Uh, Tim Sevenhusen, I think, mentioned something earlier that H2K won every single game that they got first blood in. H2K had a 71% first blood rate. Chase, two teams had better first blood rates than H2K without looking, what are their names? First blood rates uh, above H2K? Yes, there are two teams. What are their names? I'll give you a guess. I'll give you a guess. Uh, I would say, if you're looking at first blood, I would say SKT? Nope. No, SKT not getting first blood. Interesting. No. I'll tell you this. SKT was 50-50, half their games. These two teams both had 80% plus first blood rates. Albus Knox. You are correct. And I'm going to say it's going to be it's going to be something like the Flash Wolves because it's going to depress me that they did so well earlier. Samson Galaxy. Samson Galaxy. Okay, that, that makes sense. Albus Knox Luna, 86%, Samson Galaxy 83, H2K was at 71. Okay. They lost every single game they didn't get first blood. There's your worrying trend stat for H2K. H2K is a team that knows how to snowball very well. That's what they do. And as long as they get enough of a lead so that their mid-game, I don't know what I'm doing, antics are going to work, you know, don't hurt them and don't kill them, they can win games because they play the late game rather well because once Forgiven gets to that, you know, fourth item spike or whatever it is, he does, you know, incredibly in that regard. But is Albus Knox Luna going to let them get there? Is Albus Knox Luna going to fall off so much in that you know, early game that the mid-game strengths that they have won't come into play? I'm not convinced. 
I think Forgiven is better than Miracle, though I do think Miracle in that Rocks game really showed me that he has a lot better positioning skills than I thought he did. That one play in the top lane around the 59th minute, I thought for sure he was dead at about eight different times, and he found a way to get out and get a kill along the way. The the guy's good. Is he as good as Forgiven? No, but he's good. And Liquid's a lot better than Vander. And Kira is probably not as good as Ryu, but he can keep it close. Oduwamne has not really impressed me, whereas Smurf has really impressed me. I think you have to ban Poppy against Albus Knox. I think that's a must. I, I think that's been a huge key in Albus Knox's success this, yeah. this last week was the Poppy. It's massive. It was massive for and, Smurf. And, and for the record, that's the other side of it, right? If you're worried for, you know, if you're thinking Albus Knox, oh, they could, you know, really go do it. Okay. How has Smurf looked on something not named Poppy? It's been mediocre. It's been, it's been okay. Pretty- yeah, it's been pretty okay. And that's something that they're going to need because then you're looking at Stehos versus Yankos. And I think both of them have had great games. Both of them had not so great games. It's, you know, really going to be interesting to see how these two teams collide. I think this series is very close. I know which side you're picking, Walter, but I do want to hear how much you think they're going to win by. Oh, oh, which side I'm picking? I'm not picking a side. I don't care. You have to pick the score. I don't care. I win. It doesn't matter. I win. I get to see one of them in New York. Sure. I win. I understand. But what's your score? You don't get to get out of this just because you're going to be happy no matter what. I win. I win either way. Okay. But which side of you wins and what's the score? Uh, Both sides of me wins because I want to see either of these teams and I don't care. You're not going to get me to say anything because I'm not going to jinx it. I don't care. I, I legitimately don't so care. I, let's assume that that's a three zero from H two K from Walter. No, that's that's not, okay. I, I think it's, I think it's a four game series. I think it's four games H two K. Okay, I, I think, think it's, it's a three two to Albus Knox. Going out there, putting it out on a limb. I trust Shocker. Right. I don't care. Either I, way, I, think, I win. I, I don't think care. The, the mid lane is the mid game is going to be a really huge problem for H two K, and it, it's one of those things where usually I would say they could fix that problem. But they had all of Europe to fix it. These are the same problems that have plagued them for the beginning. It's why they've never gotten better than third in either of these EU seasons. If it wasn't for Fnatic completely crapping the bed, they probably wouldn't be here right now because Splice was playing a lot better than them towards the end of the year. I have concerns, and I believe in the power of Likrit. You worship at the altar of Forgiven. I go to the church of Likrit. And no matter what, we are both going to be happy because we're going to see one of these two teams get absolutely destroyed by Samsung in New York. And really, isn't that what we all want? At the oh, end of the for day? shame. For shame, ye of little faith. I, yeah, I'm, I'm a Falcons fan, man. I learned that faith ye is... Ye of little faith. Faith is something that just comes back to haunt you at the end of the day. But, you know, it's going to be a very interesting series. Everyone in our chat is saying that it's going to be a 3-2. Uh, the argument is in what direction? Um... I, and which is great to see. I, I I think that's a very fair thing. I think it's going to be a, a close series, no matter what side you think ultimately pulls it out. And I can't wait to watch it. It's going to be probably the most entertaining of the four series, just in terms of you know pure back and forth. Oh my God, what's going to happen? Who's going to win this last fight? Like I see pure insanity from this series. Oh, we absolutely. Have, we have three series with Koreans that are going to play incredibly methodically. And it's, you know, it might be very good League of Legends, especially if the two Chinese teams perform better than I'm expecting them to. 
but no matter what, it's going to be uh, interesting of nothing else. Um, I think that's going to wrap up our quarterfinals preview section. So uh, this is where we're going to wrap up the podcast slash YouTube section of things. Those of you who are here for the live stream, congratulations. This is when you get your exclusive Q&A. We do this only for those of you who tune into our streams. And if you're uh, one of those people who's listening to this, uh, either on soundcloud.com slash esportsroughdrafts or on iTunes, if you search for rough drafts on the podcast section there, or perhaps even you know watching it on the YouTube, if you search for rough drafts as a channel there, and you're like, oh man, I would have loved to hear and ask questions and have you guys answer them. Well, be sure to tune into our next live stream. We post all about it on our individual Twitters, as well as, you know, if you just subscribe to our Twitch, twitch.tv slash podcast, you'll always get follow. pinged when we go live. Follow it. No like, subscription yet. No subscription yet. Just follow it. You'll, you'll get the ping in your email. You'll know when it's coming, and you can come join the fun. It really is. It's a nice group of people that are here in this chat, uh, and we'd love for you guys to be a part of that. Um, so we're going we're gonna to move on to there. I guess we should say, uh, if you want to follow us, uh, on social media, at Rough Drafts Pod is the account for the podcast itself. Uh, that's where we do all of our live tweeting as well as any particular podcast news that may come out. And of course, we have our personal Twitters. For those of you who can't see the video yourselves, I am at King on Twitter. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? You can join the Church of God Given at C80s underscore LOL. I need to see if that's actually a handle I can get. I might have to check that out after this. But at C80s underscore LOL. So, yeah, that's where I'll be praising Forgiven all, all this weekend. There you go. Well, we're going to wrap this up here. For those of you who are listening later on uh, or on SlingshotEsports.com, our proud presenting sponsor of this podcast. They do a ton of great content. Hopefully you've been enjoying all of the world's interviews and articles that have been coming out there. Be sure to check those out as you check this podcast out. And until then... Goodbye, Internet.